0: Here's Christoph with today's episode. Let's go. Hey, 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 business storytellers. How's everyone doing? Today we want to talk about how do we make our voice sound better, sound good, sound great, sound something people would want to actually listen to. And you know what? There's some tricks. I mean, there it's a whole category of experts who focus on that. Of course, voiceover artists. We've had people talk about how to get better audio. And there is technology involved, no doubt. But how do we sound better? How do we get rid of I'll give you an example? Our little ticks, I guess, when when we talk. You know, the one thing is I always have to cough <coughs> before I start cough before I start talking. And it's not because I have a cough, but I think it just I don't know, just feels like The natural thing to do. But how do we get ready for that? How do we make things work? So I ran into Dan Friedman, sound4vo.com. That's the number four.com. You can check him out there. He was on Jody Krangle's podcast. She was on the show previously. Highly recommend her show as well. So I wanted to dive into that topic a little deeper. How do we get our voices ready? How do we make it work? You know, maybe we need some coaching sometimes. I don't know. So let's talk about that um, and get him out of the green room on the show here. Welcome, Dan.
1: Hey, how are you, Christoph? Yeah, you got it. (laughs) So you, for a living, sit
0: in a dark padded room, hear voices, and talk to yourself.
1: Yes, that is correct. That is the worst way to describe my job.
0: If you are listening to on the podcast show on the podcast episode, other than Spotify, which now has video available. So make sure you click on the podcast episode there to watch the video. Um, Dan, uh, Dan is actually wearing a T-shirt with that saying. So very much on brand. Dan, tell us about what I mean, first of all, is this a topic that all these podcasters are thinking about? How do they get their voice ready? And then, you know, what do they have to do?
1: Well, I can tell you from the podcasts that I've listened to and I've listened to a variety of different ones. My wife, for instance, is really into hiking. So she listens to a lot of hiking podcasts and it's my it's my guess that no podcasters are not really thinking about their voice and preparing for their shows as much as they should be. We're all public speakers these days and if we want to appeal to people on a logical level, we have to appeal to them on an emotional level first, because that's the way our voice works. And that's the way our brain works in retrieving that information. So it really does help to have voice coaching. It really does help to be able to speak in such a way where you are captivating your audience first on an emotional level so that they actually want to listen to the things you have to say.
0: Well, and that's it's it is an emotional level. Like if you can't even stand somebody's voice, right, and their tone and and whatever it might be, uh, you know, I mean, you're not going to listen to the show. You're not going to listen to anything they're saying and you're not going to learn anything. So I think that's probably uh, a prerequisite. Now, I think from my perception, I think you're right. Podcasters don't think about it. But I think there's a lot of things podcasters don't think about. They just start (laughs) podcasting, right? They don't have a mic. They don't spend 80 bucks on a mic. I know you can buy more expensive ones. But $80 is not very much for any equipment, quite frankly, even the higher priced ones aren't. And then we already sound bad. And then we're not thinking about the voice. How do we get the voice ready, though? I mean, when I'm getting ready for a podcast, I'm thinking about, (laughs) okay, what's the topic? What do I want to talk about? What's the content, right? Is my mic working? Can you hear me? You can hear me okay, right? Is my sure. mic working? I mean, I think about those things, but I don't think about my voice. You know, I don't have, how do I add that into the into the process?
1: Sure. Well, you can certainly do a warm-up routine. As a matter of fact, I was doing a warm-up routine right before I got here today, which is basically to run through scales like a singer would and just think about the different things things that I want to focus on. So for instance, I want to make sure as as I'm running through those scales, I'm going to be focused on my breathing. How am I breathing? You had mentioned needing to cough before you were speaking earlier, and it got me thinking about your breathing. And if you are breathing properly in through your nose, then you probably may not have to have that cough beforehand because breathing through your mouth dries out your vocal cords and it makes you need to or want to cough. For instance, so those are the kind of things that I focus on before I'm going to be speaking, uh, making sure that uh, when I go through those, uh, war- when I go through that warm-up routine, that I'm getting close to the notes, that I'm really loosening everything up in the vocal cords, so that I can uh, be prepared for what's ahead.
0: So what's interesting about that, too, is so I just tried that. I mean, I don't know how long you were on air and I was off screen here, but I, you know, tried that breathing through through the nose, out through the mouth. And I did not feel the need to cough when I came back on. Yeah. Now, as I was doing that, you couldn't see me, but I'm sitting here literally listening to you and I go. And I could see that if I were to do that in public, like, for example, I am going to Malaga. I'm going to just share this really quickly, guys. Um, If you are in Europe, uh, I'm going to be in Malaga speaking at the same conference as uh, former President Barack Obama. Hope to see you there. This is the Digital Enterprise Show. So if you're watching this on the replay, probably has already happened, but we should have video as well. But but if I'm in Malaga, when I'm in Malaga, not if, when (laughs) – Will people not look at me strange if I'm sitting there and going?
1: I know no, they, no, they won't. <laughs> and here's, okay. the reason, here's the reason why. Because you don't need more than two seconds of air. I can go on and talk like this for a long time. I've just taken a nose breath. I feel really good. I've got it going on. And I don't even I need to stop talking right now. Even if I did stop talking, I still have air left. I can take another little two second nose breath and I'm just moving on. It's just really a practice that you want to get into because you're breathing anyway. So why not breathe through your nose instead of your mouth where you will benefit from both the moisture of the vocal, moisturizing your vocal cords through the turbinates in your nose and where you'll also benefit, especially if you're doing voiceover, you're going to be speaking on a microphone, anything like that. Uh, any situation where you could show tension or nerves. The other thing about taking a nose breath is that you want to focus it down to towards your diaphragm so that your belly expands rather than your shoulders and chest coming up. That's the other thing that happens when we are breathing through our mouth is that our chest and our shoulders tends to come up, right? Right and when that happens a lot of times people keep their shoulders up and back and that's tense that's tension so by taking that belly breath our shoulders don't have a chance to go back and therefore we're more relaxed when we begin our conversation in addition to having the extra moisture on our vocal cords i think that answered the original question <laughs>
0: it, it did it did but actually the answer to your the answer to my question was, yes, Christoph. you're being overdramatic. So the point is you don't have to sit on stage and go.
1: Oh. Correct. So like I'm
0: just very subtly. Um, Absolutely. So, uh-huh. <laughs> I like to make fun of myself. Now I can already hear some people going, but I'm not a, I'm not a natural speaker. I'm not blah, blah, blah. I'm not an extrovert. And here's the thing, my friends, I'm not an extrovert either. And here's the definition of extrovert and introvert has nothing to do with whether you're a good public speaker. It doesn't have anything to do with whether you're a good podcaster. What it has to do with is if you get energy from those public appearances. So, for example, if I was an extrovert, I would get way more energy from doing these shows than I do as an introvert, which I am. I love these shows, but I'm not going to be gung-ho the rest of the day. In fact, if I do three hours of podcasts in a day, I'm ready for a nap. The end. Um, so that's the difference, but what do you say to the people that will say, oh, I'm not a natural speaker. I'm not, I can't do, uh, I I just can't do it. I wasn't brought up, whatever. Do you know all the excuses?
1: Sure. Absolutely. Well, these days you, you can't, I don't think you can really afford to look at this world in a way where you are not in going to potentially be in a situation to be a public speaker whether it be something like this, whether it be on Clubhouse, whether it be on Zoom, we are all to a certain degree public speakers now. So everybody can benefit from voice coaching. Everybody can benefit from how to use their voice in a better way because usually the problems that people have or the things that they don't like about their voices are things that we can tweak and train and adjust so that you, for instance, if you don't If you don't feel you sound confident, well, we can adjust for that so that you do sound more confident and more powerful. And maybe you need that in your job. Maybe you're not. Maybe you're a manager and you're not getting the respect that you need. Or maybe you're a yoga instructor and you don't. Maybe you talk like this all the time as a yoga instructor. And therefore, you're not getting when you're having a regular conversation with somebody, people can't hear you. We can adjust all of these things, so it's really important that you consider the possibility that you could be a public speaker at any time in this day and age.
0: Yeah, I don't know how people can get around not being a public speaker. In fact, I would think about you know, even uh, let's say like the Malaga keynote, right? Which they are calling a keynote. I never think of them as as a, a keynote. I think of them as a conversation. Same with this today. I know people are watching, and yes, I'm hosting the show. But but Dan, I learn as much from my guests, and I as anybody else, and I get as much out of it as anybody else, and I find it interesting. So I don't think of it as I'm producing a TV show, right? I'm thinking of it as, oh, interesting. What should we talk about next? You know, what people what people might find interesting. What do I find interesting? Which Absolutely. leads me to this question. What leads me to this question? Sometimes people, if you said people don't like certain things about their voice. And I'm not sure I've ever run into anybody, and I've never asked. So maybe that's the reason, but specifically, I don't think I've ever run into anybody who said, I don't like this specific thing about my voice. I think people usually just say, Oh, I don't like how I sound. I don't do this. I, like, I don't know if anybody has ever said, I don't. Sound confident enough. How do we get to that point where we know what exactly to fix and, and upgrade?
1: Well, sure. Well, that's exactly what a coach can help you with, because a lot of people often don't like the sound of their voice and they don't know why. They can't and, and they shouldn't be expected to pinpoint what that is because they don't know the terminology. They don't make the comparisons the way that someone like I do uh does, right? I have heard hundreds of voices, thousands of voices in my 20 some odd year career here. And I have made comparisons. I've listened to various people. I've learned how to fix this or learned how to fix that uh, and identify this and that. And if you haven't put in that kind of time, you can't really, really be expected to, to be able to identify those things and then work on fixing them. And that's why a coach is just so beneficial to you. Because I can listen for that, I can identify what it is. We can talk about your goals and your future, and what it is that you would like to see, and if your voice is holding you back in any way from from achieving those goals. That's re- that's that's really what a, what coaching is for.
0: What's always interesting. I can already hear some people say, "Oh, but I don't need a coach. I can just work on it myself." And maybe you can to an extent, right? I mean, I go to the gym, too, by myself without a coach. But now I have an app that actually coaches me. And none of the personal trainers appreciate that, certainly, that I have an app to do it. But, you know, here's the thing. I had a bird in my house the other day, and we didn't know where it was. We didn't know how it got in the house. Like, you know, whatever. So I hired a guy who's a, who's an expert at that topic, and he figured out in like five seconds You know, it took him five seconds, but he only knew how to do it because he does that all the time. And he knows all the nooks and crannies and how birds do it and why they do it and when they do it and how to fix it. So my point is, could I have spent the next eight months trying to figure out how that bird got into my house? And now I got a dead bird somewhere, right? Because eight months is a little bit of a time. So there's always value in getting these knowledge workers involved, right? Whether it's the bird in the house or the coach to help with your voice. um, If you're if you're actually uh, need to update whatever it is you're doing. Now, Dan, how do I know the difference between I don't like my voice, which is very different from my audience not liking my voice?
1: Gotcha. Well, Most people, to be honest with you, especially when they're being recorded, don't like the sound of their own voice when they hear it back recorded. So that's no surprise to me that people feel that way at all, because we hear our voices inside our head far differently than the way people in the outside world hear our voices. So certainly you're going to a lot of people try to get into voiceover simply because they have been told that. Hey, you've got a great-sounding voice. You should. Are you in radio, or do you do this? Right. So, a lot of time that that happens, and that's how they actually come to me to want to get into the voiceover field. But you certainly don't have to come to me just to get into the voiceover field. Um, So, really, if as far as your audience liking it, they're they're probably not going to tell you, but. If you are looking to improve your listenership, your viewership, those types of things, maybe you are concerned about your filler words. Maybe you use a lot of ums and likes and you knows it's something that I'm constantly working on because I've been doing that for years. But if you know, you have those issues then maybe those are things that you'd want to work on regardless of whether you feel that way or your audience feels that way. It, it It's all subjective, right? When it comes to booking a voice job, for instance, I always say you can be the best trained, you can be the best connected, you can be somebody who understands the script fully and gives a great performance, but you're still auditioning against other people who can also do that. And in the end, if you sound like somebody's ex-husband or ex-wife, you're probably not going to get the job. So you don't always know those things. And some audience members probably will love your voice and some may not. So all I would encourage people to do is just really be the best you can be in all aspects of what it is that you're presenting, right? Because if you are well-rounded and knowledgeable and also trying to put put your best foot forward, always in your communication, then there's really no reason why you shouldn't be able to succeed with it.
0: Absolutely. And y- you know, the filler words is interesting because sometimes I use my own filler words just to buy myself a couple more seconds of time, right. To think. And sure. sometimes it's just, you know, you don't know what else to say. And, and Oh, amazing. Awesome. Awesome answer. Oh, that's good. That's a, you know, good. Sure. Um, and, and people do that. Um, But the one thing I think that's important to remember is, and and some of you negative Nellies out there will totally tell me that's not what I used to say five years ago, but we're five years down the road. Five years ago, I truly believe you could start a podcast and just go, don't worry about the production quality. And that was true to an extent, but you have to step up the production quality. And today, all kinds of brands are launching podcasts, all kinds of people launching podcasts. Production quality now matters. That doesn't mean your first 10 episodes need to be perfect, but at some point, episode 15, maybe, you need to have a good mic. You need to know what you're talking about. You need to make it fun. You need to be engaging. And part of that, in my opinion, is how you sound, how your voice sounds. No
1: question. No question. Right? Can I, can I, I want to elaborate on that just a little bit, if that's okay. Yeah, go for it. So back in the, early days of recording and all of that, Uh, we'll we'll go back to the 60s for a moment. So we have to remember that when the Beatles created Sgt. Pepper, it was difficult to do. Right. It was very difficult to do. They had to loop tapes around the room and all the editing and comping that Mm -hmm. they had to do, bouncing, you know, this tape to that tape and all of that. Well, we now have more power in our phones practically than the Beatles had at the time they created Sgt. Pepper. So therefore, our production quality, we there's no excuse almost for it not being excellent because we have all the tools to do it cheaper, easier, all of that. It really, there's no limit to what we can do. So the the hardest thing sometimes is knowing when to stop <laughs> because, you, you, because you've worked on it so much.
0: So it's so interesting how things evolve. Now, when you talk about the the VO, uh, the voiceover field, and I don't, you know, we don't need to go down this rabbit hole too far. I don't think um, most people listening to the show, maybe, well, I guess maybe some people do use VO and I, I do too at times for, for certain clips. But VO is even different from what you and I are doing because we're just having a conversation, right? Most VO, I would say, is scripted, right? Like here's the oh, yeah. script and um, go ahead and voice that over. How important is the writing if you're going to, and maybe this is how we can apply it to podcasts because I know some podcasters script their shows. I don't necessarily recommend it, but Minyan Fogarty was on the show, The Grammar Girl, and her show is 100% scripted because she said, you're not going to be 100% right grammatically if it's not scripted, and I can't have that happen on my show, because it's about grammar and it's about usage. So uh, how important is the writing and and what's the difference in in, in sounding good when you read it versus when you're just having a conversation?
1: Sure. Well, one of the things that we want to be important that I would love to uh, make sure that the writers understand is that they should always be reading their scripts out loud, especially if it comes to time if it has to be timed for 30 seconds or 60 seconds, whatever it might be, make sure that you're reading your script out loud. One of the biggest problems we often have as voice actors is trying to create emotion and make the listener feel something if the script is uh, too, uh, too large to where we can't fit everything in into the time that's allotted. So always read your script out loud. And remember that and that this is really more for the voice actors than the writers, because hopefully the writers are are doing this as they're writing the scripts. But for the for the voice actors or for anybody who has to communicate the information on the script is to remember that those words mean something. They're not just words on a page that are meant to be played with and thrown out there. Right. We have to communicate on an emotional level. Uh, in order for people to listen uh, to the logic of the words that we're saying. That's just how our brain works. It processes emotion before logic. So therefore, we want to make sure that when we're communicating whatever words, scripted or unscripted, that we're doing our best to be uh, truthful and honest to the way we feel about these things. And when it is scripted, that takes a little bit of planning and preparation to say, okay, I see that these are the words here. But what what is it that what emotions are am I really trying to communicate? So there's uh, my my teaching method is really called individualized intention based because it really is about understanding the intention or subtext of what it is that's being said. And when you can process that information on your own and create an intention in your mind as to what the words mean, then you can go forward in your own communicative way and present that information.
0: Yep. And so in the last, we got about four minutes to go here. Um, talk to me in my, uh, in my process, right? So I set up my live stream, set up my topics, etc. Come on here. We do a sound check. We do a video check. We got the lights on, you know, I make sure I don't word while I'm live, but I got my headphones on. Um, before we come on, just to make sure my audio sounds good, right, from from the microphone. And where do I need to add getting my voice ready? When do I do that? And, um, and, and how long do I need to allocate? And then after you answer that question, Dan, tell us in the next three minutes here total, tell us how do people work with you? How do they connect with you?
1: Sure. Absolutely. So one of the things that I think is most important as far as preparation goes is paying attention to things like your water intake, especially the day before you're going to present something. Make sure that you've had a half a gallon of water at least the the previous day so that when you hydrate the next morning, which you should absolutely do, uh, you are already place putting more water on top of what you did the day before so that way your voice and your body are ready make sure that you're breathing properly warm up your voice if you're not really into doing scales and things of that nature sing a song sing an you know an easy song think about you know really everything that we're saying whether we're speaking it or singing it is it does have melody to it or should have melody to it because that's what makes it interesting to listen to so we want to continue to focus on those things um, as far as working with me goes uh, you can reach out to me via email dan at sound the number four vo.com check out my website soundthe number four vo.com And I just really enjoy helping people sound better, communicate more effectively. We are really in a world right now where communication skills are at a critical point, I think where people are focusing a lot more on texting and emailing. And a lot of our nuance and communication skills are hurting because of it, especially in our younger people. So, I would love to be able to help people bring better communication skills back to the world.
0: Well, and as they say, video and maybe audio, right, is on the upswing. And certainly people are listening to podcasts. People listen to content all the time. Now we have short form audio, like in the form of racket.com and other such networks even available. Uh, I think the problem, Dan, in my opinion, when it comes to texting, Um, A lot of people don't think about the exact usage of a word when they text, right? Sometimes they're too quickly. And here, when we're talking, you can hear our tone. You can hear our inflection. You can hear whatever. And, you know, my final thoughts might be when it comes to tone and inflection, my natural tone, probably because of my German heritage, playing football, if I don't watch out, I can go into the drill sergeant tone really quickly. Which doesn't always work, right? You have to be a little softer. You have to be a little friendlier. You can't just be like, "Well, this is how you do it." Hey, Dan, why do I need to train my voice, right? Like you'd be like, "Who is this jerk?" Um, and <laughs> that's, of course, being a little bit dramatic. I wouldn't say it quite like that, but um, so just be aware of how you talk, how you come across, play it back, and you know, consider getting a coach. Dan, really appreciate you making the time. Thank you so oh much. Goodness. Thanks for sharing your insights.
1: Sure. Thank you so much for having me. It's a a real honor. So thank you for the invite.
0: That's a wrap. Thanks for tuning in. Please rate and review our show on your favorite podcast channels. And don't forget to share this episode with your networks. We appreciate you. Until next time, let the best stories win.